Hello everyone, this is Michael and Aaron from Karate Culture, and you're listening to Karate Cafe. Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Visit piranhagear.com for all your martial arts equipment needs. And now, here's your hosts, Paul Wilson and Dan Williams. Hello again, everybody. It's Paul Wilson here with another episode of Karate Cafe. Just off my center line, as always, is my good friend Dan Williams. You can't hear him right now because he is in the green room with our interview, Andrew Mirza, better known as Sensei Ando, host of the Happy Life Podcast and the owner of his very own YouTube channel with many, many fantastic videos. We're just going to go ahead and say that he's been begging to be on, and so we finally have him here in the massive Karate Cafe studio, ready to go. So, right after this message from the dojo manager, we'll be back with Sensei Ando. Karate Cafe is sponsored in part by thedojomanager.com. It's like the five-finger death touch for managing your dojo. Okay, everybody, we're back. We're here with our good friend, Ando Merzwa. Sensei yes, Ando, for you, those of you on the internet, uh, we got him out of the... the the green room got him away from all the snacks, and he's here with us at the Massive Karate Cafe studio. Ando, Thank welcome you. to Karate Cafe. Thank you very much, sir, and I really appreciate the shark steaks. You usually don't get that in a green room. That's high-level goods. Thank you. Well, I said we send uh, Dan out you know, every, every so often. And the Great Lakes, that's why there are no sharks in the Great Lakes, because... <laughs> that's right. I farmed them all. Dan, Dan, Dan doing the, uh, Dan doing the, doing the used, good work. That's right. I use my kung fu to uh, defeat the sharks for the steaks. That's right, because because no one no one can stop the kung fu. Uh, we wanted to get uh, Ando on because uh, I myself have been a, a big fan. Uh, your outlook in general and a lot of the work you do. Uh, many of Thank our you. listeners already follow your work and, and whatnot, but uh, for those who don't, shame on you. And um, why don't you just give us a quick overview of your martial history? Um, sure. You mean talk about myself? Well, if I have to. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, hey, look, I'm just a normal guy, uh, grew up um, in Buffalo, New York, uh, saw Bruce Lee as so many did before and said, hey, that guy's cool, I want to be like that guy, and uh, started working out based on his books, um, or the books that were made after his death, of course, and um, just haven't stopped. As I've been at it over 30 years now, I've met a number of different uh, teachers and tried a bunch of different styles, and uh I love it. It's still a huge challenge. I've learned more in the last couple of years than I've learned in the decades before. It just never ends. I'm a just a lifelong student. I love this stuff. So I really appreciate this opportunity to come on and connect with other guys. I've been listening to your show now. You guys are uh, smart and uh, passionate about this stuff. So we're geeks. We're niche, niche people. So I'm always happy to <laughs> officially uh, build a bridge between some more of us. So uh, <laughs> thank you for having me. Well, you know, that's that's one of the things that, that I, I really appreciate about, I mean, the fact that, A, you don't take yourself too seriously, uh, B, you're clearly very um, uh, uh, passionate about the arts themselves, but the fact that you really build bridges, you do, you do tend to, for those of you guys who don't follow his YouTube channel, he's always posting videos, and it's not just him giving good tips and, and whatnot, it's also you training with, with people, so uh, let's just talk about that for a minute. How do you get the fodder for your YouTube videos when you meet up with people? Well, I mean, I think you'd have to be an idiot not to build bridges with other people, right? Um, really, in truth, uh, before I started the website and the YouTube videos, which is only about four and a half years ago now, I had no Facebook page, I had no social media interest <laughs> or presence. Um, 
And uh, I was just living in my cave. So it's kind of be like uh, you're just training in your own school and you only talk to your fellow students and your teacher. So it was very secluded. I don't have a big circle of friends. It's my wife, me, and that's it. And um, at some point, I, I realized that uh, I'm doing this wrong. And I'm getting to an age now, I'm 47, where I, I, I realized I have to be a link in the chain to pass some of this stuff on. And uh, it only made sense to start reaching out to other people and connecting and okay, I'll start the Facebook page. And I was a little scared, to be honest, about the reaction that I might have gotten, the feedback. You see YouTube comments and most, well, many people are cruel. And, um, but it hasn't been that way at all. My, the greatest life lesson I've learned uh, at this point is uh, you pretty much attract what you put out. And if you put up videos that are hateful or uh, highly critical or ignorant, then you're going to attract those kinds of people. And uh, the minute you badmouth somebody, that gives people permission to badmouth you. So I've been delighted. It's, it's honestly, the, the, it makes me cry if I think about it too long. I'll try to avoid that right now, guys. Um, just that I'm trying to put out something positive and, and, and real and sincere and just open-hearted. And those are the people that I've been attracting. My, my YouTube videos uh, have just had very few thumbs down, very few haters. And it's every time I put out a video, I'm just shocked uh, at the low number of hateful comments. So, um, it's been a real, uh, uh, what can I say? It's been a real confidence booster, not just in my own, um, uh, what I want to share, but just to know that there's that many good people out there, that there really is a huge, if it's a silent majority, they shouldn't be silent anymore. There really are just tons of good open-minded people. And then of course, good open-minded martial artists. And, uh, we just need to make more noise and we just need to put ourselves out there more and be better advocates. Um, because people are missing out if we don't speak up more and build more bridges and show that we're on the same team and build our community up. Uh, you know, these traditional arts are all dying uh, on the side compared to mainstream interests like UFC, MMA, that type of thing. So uh, it's time. This is it. You know, we're all gonna we're all gonna suffer if we don't band together here and build bridges and be the good-hearted people that we really are. So and I know you guys put out a very positive vibe as well, unless you're talking about Sistema or. <laughs> Olympic Taekwondo. Usually, you guys are good-hearted at build, building bridges. So, <laughs> it's just good-natured uh, ribbing. Is it? Is well, it? You know, Let's go. Because I've, I've been I've been hit by guys that do Olympic Taekwondo, and and so it it, it hurts just as much. As, that is true. Uh, yeah, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I think you know it's it's funny because I guess you know on on that topic with building bridges and and whatnot um, is that. Uh, you know, you mentioned Sistema, and I know that my my big bugaboo uh, with with any martial arts or any school like that is when they, you know, when they say, "Oh, we're we're teaching you to be street lethal," and you know, after six months with us, you can kill with a single finger. Um, Did you actually when, find someone that's saying that? Holy smokes! Well, wow. I, I guess that's. That's a little hyperbole, um, All right. <laughs> but I, I, I do think that, um, you know, I'll, I'll pick on Sistema, what the heck. Uh, I think with Sistema, when, when I see those videos of, of those guys that are, are doing things that to me don't look like anything based in reality, uh, but yet obviously they're, they're trying to group it in with the, the Krav Maga and the MMA and the, and the more reality-based arts, um, mm -hmm. then then that's that's where I kind of say, okay, you can you can do whatever you want, and you can call it martial arts, and I don't care, and it doesn't matter. 
But if, if, if you're training your students and giving them a perception that they will walk around with more confidence than they legitimately should have, uh, that to me is something that's dangerous. And that's kind of mm-hmm. where I draw the line. Okay. So uh, fair enough. You know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think guess I'm wondering what your opinion on that is. Well, I, I think the key point there was what you said at the beginning um, about what is the claim uh, to begin with. If they really are saying this is street lethal, you can kill with one touch, then absolutely they should be called to the mats and have a little more evidence uh, and have their videos be a little clearer about how this is working. And so if someone made that claim, then I would say, yeah, I haven't seen a video that would make that believable. Um, but if they preframe it a different way and say, here's an exercise that enhances flow. Here's an exercise that enhances pain tolerance. Here's an exercise that enhances breathing control. Well, then all the criticisms fall away because you say, oh, I see. I didn't realize that's what you were doing. And, you know, so often you see something in an Aikido demonstration or all the arts that get made fun of. Oh, well, even, you know, traditional karate and, and forms, that kind of thing. People looking in from the outside, if you don't know anything. Of course, you say, well, that doesn't look like a real fight, so therefore it's garbage. But, uh, you know, you could say the same thing if you see someone lifting weights, someone's doing deadlifts, and they're telling you that that's going to make their guard breaks better in BJJ. And you think, well, that doesn't look like BJJ. You're working with a bar, not even a person. Well, yeah, but you don't understand what I'm visualizing here and what I'm thinking about and how this is going to add to my game when I get back to my partner. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, I think the Sistema takes a lot of abuse um, and uh, Aikido as well because – because people don't understand that they're using other people as their weight set. They're using other people as a heavy bag. You're training with other people instead of some external tool. If I swing it around a bow staff, people might say, oh, okay, well, I see that's an actual thing that you're manipulating. If you're going to fight, you need to work with other people if you want to be really good at it. And Sistema, because uh, I've been actually doing um, private lessons for about, I don't know, a year and a half, uh, something like that now. So, because I was intrigued by that world and I wanted to investigate, build a bridge, see what's going on over there. And uh, I found a really good guy here in Los Angeles, Martin Wheeler. You can look up his videos and I'm sure some you'll probably deride, others have. He gets far more hate than I get, I'll tell you. (laughs) Um, But I've worked with the man and uh, where you draw the line between the man and the art, uh, that's uh, like in any art, you know, you're going to find people who are freaking badasses at what they do even if it's like you said olympic taekwondo i know an olympic taekwondo guy and if he kicks you something's going to rupture inside of you so i can't go out and say well taekwondo is a waste of time blah 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 because there's also people in taekwondo of course that are absolutely terrible that i've worked with and i mean absolutely terrible embarrassing um so i can't really say anything about taekwondo i can say something about the people who practice taekwondo individually and sistema um on both counts, I know, like I said, I mean, you want to go work out with Martin Wheeler, he'll make you a believer in at least his sistema. Um, if there are other people making bigger claims that are, aren't be able to back up, okay, fair enough. You can criticize that. But otherwise, I just don't want to fall into that trap of criticizing things that are out of context or misunderstood because I know you wouldn't want right. them doing the same thing with like making fun of a wooden dummy drill or a uh, right. solo kata because from the outside, that stuff looks pretty goofy too. Yeah, well, you know, the we- outside world, we're all goofy. We, we've said that I don't know, uh, many times on the show. I say that all the time in class. It's like it's context, you know, especially with YouTube. Um, you know, you don't know what came before and what came after. Uh, same thing in kata. When, when I do bunkai seminars, one of the things I talk about is like is the context of 
what came before and what came after really doesn't matter because this is the important part. This is a concept or this is a, you know, right. uh, uh, just a key part that it doesn't need anything else. Um, right. But and, I, I, I do think it's important for instructors to, to, to make sure they communicate that, you know, yes. I know, yeah. um, you, you know, you talked about the wooden dummy, the one that stands out the most for me because, uh, I'm a Wing Chun guy is the, the, the eight section staff. I mean, you know, you could easily say, like, when would you ever have an eight-foot staff accessible to you? This right. is this is a ridiculous thing to practice with. And when I talk to my instructor, and I'm ready to counter that, said, Dan, so go ahead. Yeah, um, <laughs> when I when I yeah <laughs> when I talk to my instructor about it, he said, no, no, no. What it's an attribute builder, and what it does is it it exaggerates your mistakes. So if 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 you're using the the eight foot staff and you have a, a wobble when you strike, mm-hmm. that all that's doing is it's it's, it's exaggerating the movement of your hand mm-hmm. so that you can see these in a, these these things in a finer detail. You're right. never gonna have an eight foot staff where you you know bash in people's head with it. Oh, contraire, but- mon frere. <laughs> uh, okay. One of the many videos that I keep threatening to make but i never do because my production team is never around is uh you know and oh, i travel quite a bit and we camp a, a lot and um uh, one of the things i was going to do was a video on weapons of opportunity from camping and one of the weapons that i have is we have uh, an awning on our camper and it's put together with a um uh, an adjustable pole and mm-hmm. part of that pole is in three sections with a metal chain right a metal cable in the middle it becomes a three-section staff dan so nice. so I, was, <laughs> I, I took it apart and as we are all want to do i was like i just started kind of moving. i'm like hey this is a three-section staff <laughs> i know nothing about it but i know it could be one so and you've so, already killed two bears and three coyotes have already been killed with that uh, uh, no animals were hurt during the recording of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah so i mean so so yes you're right dan that that's a per- well i mean because everyone talks about kabuto and weapons in general and uh yeah. you know about like the the uh, how often you'll have x number of whatever um and i mean well there was a case right there i mean if the villain the you know, villains or ruffians attack my campsite you know i can just grab the pole and you know jack right but i like i say i think i think it's important to to inform students about the fact that unless you're in the rare case where you happen to have a three section staff form out of your awning um this this is about the history of the art it's about well, building you should attributes. always carry an awning <laughs> <laughs> you know and I, I i just think it's it's important to 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 inform your students about what they're training and why they're training in it and, and what, what they're doing. Because like I always tell people um, when, when they're talking about, you know, going to this school or going to that school, it's that you, you have a clear picture of what your goals are as far as what you want out of this experience. And if the owner of that school can communicate clearly what the goals of the school are for that student, then you can make an informed decision about whether those goals are in alignment. If, if, if I go to, uh, you know, if I say, boy, I've, uh, I was, I was attacked two months ago and I am, I have incredible anxiety about leaving the house now and I'm always worried and I'm always panicked and I'm just, 
I'm, I'm freaking out every time I make a move and I live in a really dangerous neighborhood. And my biggest priority is to make sure that I can effectively defend myself against an attacker with the least amount of work. Right. So I don't want to have to spend 10 years in the art to effectively defend myself on the street. Um, then as a school owner, I can then sort of process that and go, okay, if, if those are your goals, it's, it's a big potential that my school does not align with those goals. And here are some options for you, as opposed to saying, gee, I'm going to, you know, I need another student. I want another student. That's an extra hundred bucks a month or however much you charge. And, you know, yes, you, you know, come to my class and you'll be just fine. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I start to have a problem. Cause I, you know, I love all martial arts and I don't, I don't want anybody to think I'm, I'm picking on Sistema or Olympic Taekwondo or any of that stuff. Um, again, different arts have different goals. And, and that's all I'm trying to say is that you need to pick the art that align with, with your goals as a martial artist. Just like anything else, you know, if, if I were going to an art class and I wanted to be a painter and the, the instructor said, well, this is a sculpting class, I go, oh, thanks for telling me. Um, I, I want to learn to be a painter. Uh, so, so I think the most important thing is that people are being honest with each other and with themselves about what you're doing accomplishes. So yeah, there know. we go. The, the, <laughs> I don't know uh, where to leave that. So, so but, but then I guess to, to uh, extend that into your videos, Ando. So like a lot of videos, especially lately, you've been throwing a lot of videos up with guys that do jiu-jitsu, guys that are doing, you know, I guess, you know, Krav Maga or, you know, rally-based kind of, kind of stuff like that. Is that because you're, you know, you're interested in that or you're just seeing that that's tying in with something that you're working on? It's so funny that like when we do a show or, or like a, or someone asks me a question and then like it seems like that directly ties into something that someone's talking about. So is that something like you're teaching a class and you go, I need to talk about, um, you know, you're with uh, Stephen the other and you're talking about, you know, arm control and taking the rear and stuff like that. Uh, you know, <clears throat> is that something that you identified as going like, you know, I don't know that much about that. So I'm going to get a guy who really knows about that. And do you, do you go fishing for it? Or, I mean, are these people that you talk to on a regular basis? How does that all work? Um, <clears throat> okay, so there are a couple questions there. Uh, sometimes it's just fortuitous that uh, we've connected on social media or I know that someone's going to be in town and I can reach out and say, oh, would you like to do something together? Or sometimes they approach me and say, oh, I'm going to be in town. Would you like to make a video together? So scheduling, just like any kind of life uh, event, things happen both ways. Um, but uh, in terms of content... Um, I, I would not say that I'm purposely seeking out any particular information. I'm happy to learn from anybody, anywhere, anytime. So when an opportunity comes up to have someone come on, um, I'm all about it. So, and, and most of the time, in fact, with all the collaborators so far, um, I don't even know what they want to do. I show up with the camera and say, okay, well, I'm glad we got together. What would you like to do? And they say, well, well, we could talk about chokes. Like, great. And turn on the camera and in you go. And, um, Again, uh, as a video channel, it's just nice to be able to let someone else feature their expertise and just let the chips fall where they may. Oftentimes, uh, 
Um, I agree with some of what they're saying. Sometimes I don't agree personally, and then we could talk about that off camera. It wouldn't be respectful to necessarily call them out in the middle of while they're talking. Uh, they're a guest after all. But, um, you know, it's just really all coming from the point of view of just being a student. If there's a seminar down the street and I can go peek through the window or sign up for the seminar, I'm interested. If I can make the seminar, I want to go. And if someone's willing to come on to uh, make a video with me and they want to tell me how they defend from a knife, great. <laughs> Thank you. I'd much rather do that than go watch Netflix or, uh, you know, stare at the sky. So no. No, I'm well, all about it. So, Well, that's interesting. So, I mean, I, not to air dirty laundry, laundry or anything, but like how often does it become mm. like a, you know, they're talking about whatever. I mean, it, it, it's like it goes against your personal ethos for training or your, your personal like defense sort of thing. I mean, and do you kind of go mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to let this fly. And then afterwards, do you guys sit down and go like, this is the way I see it? Mm -hmm. Well, um, again, this is art, right? We were just kind of talking a little bit about how do you separate the system from the person? I'm always looking at the person first, not their system. I really don't care what your title is, what rank you are, what style you claim to be a master of. I don't care. If I'm standing in a room with you and I put my hand on you, what are you going to do about that? And more often than not, my experience has been that it's who you are that's going to dictate what happens, not really what you studied. If you're a person who cracks under pressure, then you're going to crack under pressure right now. I don't care what form you know or what uh, style you've been practicing. If you are a very aggressive person then in, in normal life, you're combative and argue with people, that's going to come out in your fighting. You, you cannot hide who you are in martial arts. If your training is good and there's pressure and freestyle uh, exercises, you can't hide who you are. So it makes sense then if you're really just using martial arts as a way to develop yourself as a person first, that if somebody's saying, well, I like doing it this way. Of course, in my head, I'm thinking, well, that's good for you. I'm built this way or my personality is this way at this point in my life. So I would prefer this strategy. There is no right or wrong or necessarily or a the right way or the wrong way. That, that's ridiculous. But there is the right way for me at this time in my life based on what I know and who I am. So um, it's no different than back to the painting analogy. If somebody's Oh, welcome. Let's make a video together. And they say, I really like reds. And I think, well, yeah, but I'm in a blue period right now. So I'm using blues. There's no right or wrong here, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's why I don't feel like calling them out because what they're saying is absolutely true for them. And if it's working for them, great. And if that opens a door for me to then maybe two years from now, be able to do what they're doing and think their way. Great. And if I've already gone past that and said, yeah, I tried that for a while. I don't particularly care for it. Just last night, actually I had my training group and, uh, I presented a technique and I, I prefaced it by saying, yeah, I don't like this technique. I was taught this a long time ago. It's a move that I've kind of, uh, I don't want to say outgrown, but I found other experiences that have given me a better technique for me, but I'm going to show you guys because it may work for you. You may love it. And here it is. And, uh, and I teach it seriously and with every detail that I can, but I am going to let them know, like, this is me and this is a, a different kind of move that I don't particularly like. But you're not me, so you might. So I think as a teacher, that's your responsibility. If you're just a student, your job is to be the best you can be. If you're a teacher, your job is to know more than if you were just exploring for yourself. You have to be able to build bridges into the material for every kind of person. Some guy, guy comes in shy. Some guy comes in really aggressive. One person wants that self-defense stuff that um, – Dan was just talking about other people come in just wanting spirituality. Someone else comes in wanting social uh, networking. Okay, so I have to be able to meet every student where they are for what they want and how somehow make that material interesting and make sense to them. Um, if you're, I think, a quality teacher. So I'm now I'm rambling. Back to you. <laughs> Welcome to the party, Kathy. No, I think, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
we're uh, we're famous for our rambling. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, one of the things that I wanted to make sure that everybody heard because I think it's a super important point is you to to you know you look at the person first and and the art second because. Um, even within a particular art, every individual is going to have their own interpretation and their own way of doing things and their own style. And, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you go into somewhere, even, even for me and talking about like the, the Thema stuff, if, if I went, if, if I went and met somebody and I had a predisposition of them based on what art they taught, then that's not really fair to them. And it, and it's really a disservice to me as well. So, sure. I, I think that's really important point for people to catch is that, you know, as you're exposed to these other martial arts and like you said, go out and network and meet people and expose yourself to these things um, that you really you, you do your best to empty your cup before you do that, uh, because that will expose you to more and that that that's just good all the way around. Well, you know, um, one, one of the things that I mean, that you know, I've talked about, you know, I think on the last show was, you know, I just did a t- trip to Santa Fe. And so I visited an Aikido school, Tangsudo school, uh, another Okinawa. But um, and you know, uh, people make fun of Aikido, <laughs> and and I've been known to to rip it a little bit. But um, the instructor that I found, I've taken some Aikido classes, and I like the art. Uh, but now, as an instructor and a uh, internationally known martial artist, I, uh, <clears throat> I I tend to look at it. So when I went this time. I got to train a, a, a few classes with the, this instructor, uh, Joel Nakamura of Kaiju um, Aikido Club in Santa Fe. And what I, I just started, what I started going was like, I know I may, I probably will never be an Aikido cut. But one thing I did do is when I watched him, I asked him, you know, okay, so show me how that works. And the concept that he was doing is the same concept we do. They just do it their way. And so it informs my way of doing it. I'm going like, okay, well, they're locking that out, and then they're making this move, and then they're moving, using their mass. And, and so it, whenever you run into another martial artist, I was just watching a video the other day about some guy who was bagging on uh, the way somebody did their one steps by the way they, they do their one steps. And a friend of mine who turned me on to that video was like, he just proved that guy right by trying to disprove him. Like, you know, I was like, anyway... Um, but it's, you look at it and go like, okay, what, what, how does that concept help my concept? You know, how, how mm-hmm. does, okay, we're doing the same thing, but why are they doing it that way? Okay. Well, that kind of makes some sense. And, and that way it, it gives you that toolbox. So as an instructor, uh, you know, there's uh, stuff in our curriculum that I don't like it. It doesn't really work for me. I do know it works. Uh, so I have to teach it. I'm like, okay, well, this is the way it works and this is the way it should work. I can't make this work. Or maybe I've only got it to work in the last three or four years, but I still don't like it. But but going and talking to other people constantly keeps my wheels turning. And, you know, mm-hmm. teaching does it on one level, but then as a student, working with other people keeps that that momentum going. So that even though I'm not going to go study Sistemo or Akita or you know Krav Maga or anything, I'm still taking a look at their concepts, going, "We do that," or you know, "Ooh, that's not mm-hmm. a bad way to do that." So. When we talk about like ground ground fighting, I was like, I don't like ground fighting. It's way too much work, and you know, blah blah blah. 
And I, I, I just don't, I and, just don't and like so, having to get up all the time. Exactly. I mean, I'm down there. I'm just going to take a nap. You know? <laughs> right. It's exhausting. Don't choke you out. Well, go. Cool. I'll go to sleep faster. In 10 seconds, I'm out. Um, wow. You know, great. Oh. You know? Wow. I, I teach lazy karate. So, you know, it's like, hey, I think I'll have a headache. Oh, wow. But the fight's over, right? Anyway, uh, but but the, the concept of going to the ground and being on the ground, there's stuff on the ground that informs my way of doing it, you know, or the things yes. that I do, are, it, it keeps me constantly thinking. So even though I'm not going to go do these styles, I'm going to bring that stuff back into my framework of what I do. And, yes. and, and so like when I watch your videos, you know, you let them, let them talk and let them do their thing. And then as me, I kind of go like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. That, that, you know, and then I may go, Pfft. but even if, <laughs> even if it's something that I'm going like, all right, dude, whatever. Uh, the, the the it's not the sum of the parts right or, or maybe it is the sum of the parts i guess you know it's like it's that one part i can i can enjoy um mm -hmm. and and I, and I think that's important the other thing that i that i really like about uh both uh, you know the way you approach things uh, your podcast uh is just that you just seem to be a generally happy guy like a a you know a very like forthright dude and uh so you know, it's one of the things that I talk about, about you know, like when we start classes, I tell everyone, I said, leave the outside, outside. You know, it's, yeah. you, had a, you had a day, you're here to train and get whatever. And when I'm done with class, I'm usually really in a good mood. Um, and that's kind of counter to what a lot of people think about martial arts, of like being stiff and hard and mean and cruel. Is, is that something that you started with? Is that something you developed? Well, um, there's a chicken and egg thing there, I guess. Um, I would, I would take issue though. I'm gonna hate. I know you guys like a little controversy, right? You guys like going deep and being challenged, right? I totally. Oh yeah, those. that's the best. So I'm gonna take that slogan about leave the outside outside, and I'm gonna say stop saying that. That's a horrible thing to tell people, because okay. I want you who you are, I want you in here. If you come to me and you have aggression from the outside, and now you think you can just magically turn that off, well. Either you need that aggression to get through life or you don't. If you don't need it and you can just turn it off by when you come into my dojo, well, then I guess you don't need it on the outside world either. I think the outside behavior should mirror perfectly what you're doing inside the dojo because, again, this is about who are you. Don't, I don't want you to like, oh, you change your uniform, you change your personality all of a sudden. That makes no sense. The way you live your life should be the way you train. And they can both inform each other. There's your chicken and egg, right? So if I'm developing a new quality about myself in the dojo where I'm safe to be brave and attack somebody, and I never do that outside, then I should be able to take that feeling and take it to the outside world and say, hey, the next time somebody cuts me in line or uh, is trying to cheat me in finances, I can step up and say, hey, you know what? That's not okay. I'm going to stand up for myself today. And it should go the other way around. If I'm in my normal life and I had a big breakthrough in a relationship because I listened more, I was more vulnerable, let's say, then I should be able to bring that right into the dojo and say, you know what, tonight I'm not going to fight everything and be tense. I'm going to go with it a little bit and let you do your thing so I can perhaps find a counter move within there. So to me, the big mistake with people, that's why I say it's fight for a happy life. The goal here is a happy life. The goal isn't to be Joe Badass. If your goal is only to be Joe Badass and you're meek and mild outside, then I guess you better change, leave the outside outside because in here we're going to put on Superman costumes and pretend that we're badasses, but then go back to being a mouse outside. <laughs> That makes no sense. Your job is to be strong, confident, be able to defend yourself, express your feelings, help other people, 
be an all-around cool dude everywhere you go at all times. There should be no difference when you tie in a belt or put on a uniform or come through the dojo door. Your whole world is your dojo. There should be, in my opinion, no difference. There, I got loud and angry about that. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I think that's I think that's a fascinating comment. Um, and, you know, maybe to tie them together, because I know that um, I've always had this sort of internal philosophy of that when when I bow into the class, I do leave everything behind. But I think you make a good point in that you can never leave you behind. True. Um, and the the bills go away and the, you know, all the problems at work go away and things like that. But, um, you know, I think the, the, the important thing for me is to make sure that I am present, you know, and yes. there's nothing, there's nothing that will make you more present faster than somebody swinging something at your head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, but, but I, I do okay, think maybe I'll, really maybe I'll modify it to just be present. Be, yeah. Sure. And, and I, and I think slap him in the face. Less word. I'd never really, I'd never really thought about this before because I, you know, in all honesty, in my day to day life, I am somewhat of a passive person, you know? And if that is something that I feel like I need more balance in my life from, then genuinely I could take that sort of this is what I want to improve of myself and take that aspect into the dojo and, and work on it there in like a, right. a, a, a test platform almost. Right, know, to, exactly right. And, and you're right, it's a safe space and you are friends with, ever, hopefully you're friends with all of your other students and, right. you know, yeah, yeah that's, that's a I great mean, concept. To me, to be an enlightened human being and a masterful fighter, you need both extremes of human behavior. You need the ability to be able to heal someone and calm someone down and be giving to them and loving to them, and you also need to be able to kill somebody. If you can do both and then have the wisdom to figure out which is which, <laughs> which time is which, then I think you've done your job as a human being. You've explored all possibilities within your uh, within your choices. So if out in your normal life you're a passive person and then the dojo you're being taught to, uh, you know, direct line of attack and take the center and bang, 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 it's all aggressive. Kill, kill. Yeah. Well, there's part of your life is a lie because you're only using half of your power outside the dojo and the other half on the inside of the dojo, which means when you're walking around outside, you're not bringing the power of that direct attack and this taking over the center line and aggressive and chain punch. But on the inside of the dojo, you're not using your vulnerability and your quietness and your passivity and the yin part of your yang, uh, of the yin-yang cycle. So, you know, to me, it's about balance, and that should be everywhere you go. It's who you are, not what you study, and I want 100% of whoever that person is. Of course, to your point, when you're in the dojo, it's skill training specific to your martial arts, so you can't have someone coming in talking about, oh, I'm going through a divorce right now. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that could get in the way of people's practice time. It is a sacred spot to be working on these things. However, when someone does mention, oh, I'm going through divorce right now, and then you push that a little farther and you say, well, how does that make you feel? Or how are you feeling about that? Oh, terrible, because you know I screwed up. I'm the one who cheated or blah, blah, blah. That can inform then how they're moving and how they're letting themselves get abused or pushed around in the dojo. Maybe they're beating themselves up and allowing people to beat them up because they feel guilty about something that happened outside. Uh, or it could be the other way around. Yeah, my wife cheated on me. I hate that that woman. And now I've got all this extra aggression and I, want, I need to control life again. So now I'm going to go in and be harder on my training partners because I need to show that I can control something. I couldn't control my, my woman. Maybe they got that kind of attitude. 
So either way, what you are outside is going to inform how you are on the inside. Like I said, if your training is good, you can't hide who that is. So to ask someone to leave it, um, when that's actually the piece of information that I need to know how to help you, if martial arts can be looked at as a medicine of sorts, um, I need to know exactly who you are. And sometimes that little bit of conversation and you coming in and, you know, in an ideal world, maybe you don't even wear the uniform. You don't even wear the belt. It's just like, oh, here comes my buddy. Yeah, he's coming in. Yeah, he's having a problem with this right now. And you can see it on the mats. And here's how I'm going to fix that. For instance, I had a, a student the other day who, um, he's new and he came in really aggressive because uh, there's an insecurity there about his physical prowess. He's a smaller guy and he only knows one move and he knows how to uh, basically like a uh, case of Gatame. He can, he can grab your head and crank it and just hang on and like a chokehold on the ground or a neck control. And with every single person he would spar with or roll with, he would just insist just, just furiously to get that armor on that head and just hold it. And when you see that right away, once you've had some experience, you go, I see what's happening here. This has nothing to do with martial arts. This is a guy who's trying to find a way to, to prove to himself that he's got power and he's a man and he's got control and he's strong. And there's a couple ways you can approach that then as a teacher, either to kind of softly, quietly, passively work on it slowly. Or you can just go over and out alpha male him and say, okay, put that on me and keep breaking out of it. Keep breaking out of it. Put him in it and say, do you see the limitation of what you're doing here? That's all you're doing is you're actually locking yourself to me. As much as you're trying to lock me up, you're locked because you can't even let go. You're afraid to let go. So let's deal with that. Let's start letting things go and trust yourself to find new solutions to these old problems. And this, I mean, I'm already getting excited about it because, but that's the real stuff to me. It's not about that technique. It's about what's happening to your emotions right now and your psychology as we are doing these techniques. That's why I don't care if you do three-section staff, eight-foot pull. I don't care. Those are all just devices to reveal who are you. Once I see who you are as a teacher, then I can start steering you into a direction that I think is valuable. And if you agree, you'll stay my student. And as a student, when I get put into a headlock or I get hit with a staff or you make me do some form I don't want to do anymore, well, that reveals something about me too. Am I impatient? Do I think I know everything? Do I have ego about this? And if I'm honest, that was a key word from earlier, if I'm honest with myself, then I should address it. Otherwise, you're a terrible student who gets the beer belly and stands in the corner and points with one eyebrow up going, yeah, you suck and that's not good enough. But you personally have not stopped. You stopped working on yourself, which is the worst teacher in the world. Hey, so anyway. People make um, good money on seminar circuits doing that. I mean. <laughs> yeah. I hope to. Yeah. I hope to have a beer belly at some point and just relax. <laughs> one, one day, one day there, there, there's a certain weight limit or a belt size. Um, well, okay. Well, then uh, let's pivot on that because there's something that I wanted to talk about was the, the videos that you did, uh, the, the challenges with uh, Jesse Enkamp. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> How did that come about? Um, well, Jesse and I have played um, Jesse Sensei, and I have, uh, you know, played social media tag for a while. Uh, I like what he's doing. He always has a positive vibe. He smiles. I love the fact that he's making uh, traditional martial arts um, seem cool, right? To uh, maybe a new generation. So, and I like that he's also not very judgmental. He's open to all styles of karate. He's he's on board with the uh, you know find your own way uh, philosophy. So I respect that and always have. So it was actually quite an honor when it finally came to pass that um, we had the idea. I believe uh, he, he was his idea, I think. He said, hey, let's, uh, why don't we make a video together? And I thought that would be great. And obviously we live thousands of miles apart, but uh, we worked it out to figure out a way that we could kind of kind of challenge each other a little bit good-naturedly. And um, I'm very happy with how those videos came out. Uh, of course, there's always people in the comments who say things like, oh, you guys should really fight. 
which again proved how misguided most people are. Because when they see Kung Fu versus Karate in that title of the videos, oh, yeah. they think there's really some way to test a system against a system <laughs> as opposed to just Jesse versus Ando. That is the fight. It wouldn't prove if Jesse kicks my ass, which is likely, uh, he's a strong guy, a young guy, he knows what he's doing, then uh, that doesn't prove that karate is better than kung fu. It just proves that Jesse on this day was better than Ando. That's all that proves. Um, so that's how. That's why we need to be better at getting the message out that martial arts is a transformational experience if you have a good teacher and a good training methodology. And, um, and that should put the focus back on who are you? And don't even worry about what style you do. I wish that we could just be in a state where you see somebody working out in the park. You go, wow, that guy moves well. Or he's throwing that guy around really well. You walk over and say, can you show me that? And he says, well, here, you do this and this. You don't even talk about what style are you or what's your rank or what's your school affiliation or are you part of a federation? It's like, what a waste of time all that is. You're a dude who can do something I want to do. Just the same way that I saw Bruce Lee. I didn't know what his style was or where he came from or his story at the time. I was just a kid going... I like his quality as a human being. He's confident. He's in shape. He's in control. I like the way this guy, his swagger is just appealing to me as a young man. So I just want whatever he's doing. And then you start following, following, you know, his methodology. What was he doing? Oh, he's jogging a lot. Oh, he's doing the, you got to see these books. Oh, he's hitting the heavy bag. So I get a heavy bag. But then at some point I said, wait a minute, I really don't like this whole, if I go to a Jeet Kune Do school, um, to me, a lot of people look like Bruce Lee, which makes no sense to me. His whole thing was what we're talking about, like, you know, find your own way, find right. your own art. And then you go into a lot of Jeet Kune Do schools and there are guys who move exactly like him. Or you can see that they're trying to move exactly like him because they're still thinking that success means uh, mimicking a system, his system, as opposed to following what he was teaching, which was go do your own thing, man. Um so anyway, I, I like my original naive approach of just saying, I want to do what he's doing, or I like the qualities as a human being that he's projecting. What do I do for that? And then starting your search on that basis, not just saying, oh, I saw uh, Taekwondo in the Olympics, so therefore I only want to do Taekwondo for the rest of my life. That's a limited goal, and it's going to stop at some point. You're going to have hip implants. You're going to be too old to compete, and now what? So you know, the, big, the, the bigger project of developing yourself as a human being is endless, and that's the one I'm interested in. Did this start with a Jesse question? So that's yeah. my that's well, my rant after the Jesse question. Yeah, that's okay. Again, <laughs> welcome to Karate Cafe. As you drink your coffee. Well, yeah, hey, hey, you know, I I wanted to mention the 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 both you and Jesse. I think one of the things that that comes across very very clearly is that um, the the extreme positive nature of what you do and how you approach not just the martial arts but it seems like uh and and both of you seem to have i, I don't know this ability this ability this wonderful ability to project that and say you know this it's it's not just about uh punch kick chop it's it's about how you how you project and and how you are in your life and your attitude towards things um yeah and i know that i am I was just thinking about it the other day because I was watching a YouTube video where somebody's doing uh, a Hapkido demonstration. And it was obviously, you know, choreographed moves. And I thought, not enough people have fun when they go to their class. And <laughs> I think it's really important to make sure that fun is a part of your martial art experience. And 
do some silly choreography and do hmm. some things that are just are, are sheerly for fun's sake because part of this whole thing should should be enjoying yourself, right? I mean, I, I, I would think that that's kind of the, the, the goal at the end of the day is, is to make sure that you live a happy life and, and you're a good person, you know? So I... I, I hope that you know that from just from my my personal opinion or or just a comment that I wanted to make personally was that I really enjoy the videos that that Messi do and the ones that you guys to do together are especially fun. Um, but that that you really project that that you're enjoying yourself when you're doing it and it's not this curious thing of of me against them and I have to prove myself to the world, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and I guess it also, just to add on to that, it's going to depend on how you define happiness and how you define fun. Because if you personally think pie fights are fun and you think, yeah, once a month we have a pie fight, then, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I may or may not want to participate in that. But if right. you're, it's a waste you of might, pie. I, for me, <laughs> exactly, eat that pie. How dare you? Right. That's a religious sin. Um, but for me, I mean, uh, you know, yesterday I got my head cranked by somebody or other. And even though my neck is sore today, that's fun. To me, that's fun. I, I, I don't have to necessarily say, we're going to now do something fun because the whole point of me showing up at a martial arts class means I already enjoy this activity. So I don't have to. It, for me personally, I would rather just geek out. It's more fun to find yeah. some new detail to that technique than it is necessarily to have some outsider's view of fun, which is, hey, it's movie night. Like, well, that's right. nice for sociability, but that's a waste of my time. I came here because to me, it's fun to learn how to stand stronger and get you off of me and learn some new way to choke you better. That's yeah. Yeah. the no, sick well, that, fun that we, we love as martial artists. That, that, there's there's been a, point. A, kind of a thrust of like a lot of the conversations that I've been having lately with other martial artists about semantics in martial arts. Like, you know, like, when someone says something, what they really mean by it, and mm. so uh, and, and there's a group of, of folks I know, and they're they're fairly curmudgeonly, let's say. And uh, <laughs> w one of the things that um, I guess the, the the head guy of, the, of their group says is like, uh, I I can teach you, or you can be entertained, or you know, like you can come to learn, or you can be entertained. Like there, there's no middle ground. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty entertaining, I think, and my. I think my students learn, and uh, and so I think but, you're very entertaining, Paul. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, and, 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 and but we, I was talking with them, and and because that's kind of like my little button every now and again when me and uh, this other guy talk that's in the group, and I kind of poke the buttons about being entertained, and and he kind of spoke to it a little bit, and he said like, well, kind of what we mean is, like if you're going to some seminar and they're teaching something you know above your level, let's say you know, and it's because you want to learn something new and cool. You don't want to really dive down into the thing that you should be learning, you know, like like basics. You really should be working on your footwork. You really should. And I was like, okay, I can get behind that, you know. But the way you present it is, you know, like, oh, these guys suck because they're they're having a good time. And it says, well, but what you're really saying is this, mm -hmm. uh, and and so. He and I, he, we we talked about that a little bit, but then we started going off like on on different tangents about semantics, about you know conceptual stuff of uh, you know uh, footwork and you know circular motion and you know keeping your hand, just all kinds of things. And you, you could, I was beginning to see when I talked to people, you know, on the on the on the inner Googles that there's 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 <laughs> a, a disconnect a lot of times of you know what we're saying and what they're saying and we could be saying the same thing but it means something totally different and it seems to be mm -hmm. a fundamental breakdown 
So, uh, you know, in your, in your seminars and when you, when you talk to other martial arts and do these videos, is there a sort of uh, a point where you kind of have to like, okay, we need to agree on terminology or we need to agree on c concepts? Um, well, at a seminar, uh, I'm going to do my thing. I don't care if you get it or not. I'm going to do my best. I've already put the work in to say, here's the material I'm presenting. <laughs> and, uh, it's really, you're, when you go to a seminar, you right? First, even, folks, since Ando said, I got paid, you're on your own. <laughs> Controversy. <laughs> to hell with all of you. Um, you know, it, it, I just, oh, where did I just read it? It was a really nice expression where, um, when you go to a teacher or you go to a seminar, okay. This is your chance to slide, the phrase was, to slide into someone else's mind. And I really like that. That, that resonates with me. As opposed to, you could come up and say, hey guys, oh, here's this technique, and gosh, I hope you, you get this, and oh, maybe I can explain it now this way over here, and this way over here, and does that make sense, everybody? And like, I get that. I mean, yes, like I said earlier, I mean, you, you do have to have, as a good teacher, a master teacher, you should have multiple ways of presenting something so that your student can hear it the way they need to hear it at that time in their life. But on the other hand, when you work out with somebody, and if you're, it's a shorter term period, this is your chance to kind of walk a mile in someone else's shoes. So if I come in with a different concept, a different terminology, a different attitude, a different list of priorities in the technique, I'm not here to bicker about it and have conversations about it. I mean, if you want to buy me coffee after, that's fine. But during the seminar, the idea is this is our sacred time. I say sacred a lot, like a sacred space. It's a sacred relationship. You're training partners. And this is a sacred thing. If, if, if a teacher is going to reveal some part of their experience and their life to you, who they are, again, right? It's who you are. Then shut up and just be with them and just slide into their mentality. Even if you don't agree, you think you don't agree, you know, that empty cup thing, you should definitely open yourself up to what's, what is this person trying to say? Some people say it better than others. We've all dealt with teachers who are really eloquent or know just the right story or metaphor to make something clear. And other teachers who are very talented physically, but have a hard time putting words together and always say it the same way. But either way, as a student, I really believe in kind of like a mind meld, like a Vulcan, is that Vulcan? Mind meld, where you just, for a moment, let go of who you are and just be them. Try to see it their way. And if they're really aggressive, like, I mean, it's very easy for, you know, some people to say, oh, MMA is a bunch of thugs and blah, blah, blah. And, but if you go to one of their seminars, or you're working with a guy who's into MMA, M&Ms, I got hungry there, uh, into MMA, then, um, that's your chance to like adopt their mindset and look at life through their eyes for a minute. And I think ultimately you're going to find that principles of success are going to be the same no matter where you go. So you'll be blinded though to, to what some of those principles are because the way you've been learning is already fixed. You already deal with the same teacher. You deal with the same training partners. There's a limit to that. When you build that bridge to that other person and then you open your mind to seeing life their way, that's when something new appears. And at first, maybe unsettling, you might just say, I don't like that. But then it sits with you for a while. And then you come back to it and go, that was a smart thing, the way that guy approaches that. And I'm laughing about it as I say it, but I'm going to start doing it. That's happened to me so many times where I prejudicially said, that's not me. Oh, no, no, no. That's not my kind of guy. Or that's not my kind of move. And then I begrudgingly go through it. I empty my cup enough to kind of start that process of learning it. And then by the end of it, I think, wow, how was I living without this? 
this makes everything better now. Uh, and it's happened so many times now that I just do it automatically. Like somebody wants to start talking, somebody wants to show me anything. I don't care who you are, what your rank is, what your style is. Lay it on me, baby. And uh, I am going to just put my mind into yours, see it your way. I'll go with it and play with it because otherwise you're an idiot. <laughs> otherwise you're a solipsistic moron. You definitely have to build bridges and listen. Now I'm going to listen. Hey, so I got to drop off, and uh, I just wanted to let you know, uh, Ando Sansai, this was a real pleasure for me. gave me a lot to think about, and uh, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show and just, you know, e expressing your opinions and attitudes, and I don't know, I just, I, I really appreciated the conversation. Like I say, most, m most of what I hope to get out of any martial arts conversation is that it gives me something to, to go back home and think about. And uh, and you did that for sure today. So I, I really appreciate it. Mr. Dan, Mr. Paul, now I'm honored to be here. You guys are cut from the same cloth that I feel that I am. It's an honor to be on the same team. That's how I see it. Um, just being team good guys and team martial arts. And uh, I really appreciate the work you guys are doing. Thanks for keeping that show going. And uh, long may it live. I hope we get to train together someday. That'd be great. Uh, and Mizra, thank you very much for being on board. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. You can join the conversation by emailing us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Call our comment line at 469-844-5791 or log into the forum at karatecafe.com. Remember, you can support the show by visiting our sponsor, piranagear.com, or shopping at Amazon through our link, karatecafe.com slash Amazon or donate at karatecafe.com. I'm Steve Henderson, proud supporter and voice talent for Karate Cafe. If you or someone you know needs an effective voice for a film, television, radio, or new media web project, contact me at stevehendersonvoiceovers at gmail.com or call me at 404-314-8400. Once again, thanks for listening to Karate Cafe.